listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. An American Muay Thai Tale, Part 5, The Longest Three Minutes of My Life. Last time, I told you about the notorious, even legendary, test to become an instructor in the Thai Boxing Association of the USA. I also told you about my decision to attempt the test at Atlanta, Georgia, in the summer of 1991. I described the early parts of that day's tests for me and the five other test takers present that day. And finally, I told you about the other testees' experience with the last and hardest part of the test, the infamous two rounds of kicking the tie pads. To fully appreciate and understand today's story, you really need to have listened to at least last week's episode, if not the previous four. In any case, my turn finally came to attempt to complete the test through the tie pad ordeal. I had to execute 60 hard kicks and 35 skipping knees in a three-minute round, while avoiding occasional tests of my defense in the form of punches and kicks from the pad holder, and then take a short rest before doing it again. Based on what I had just witnessed when the other five testees did this portion of the test, I thought I had a pretty good chance of passing. Nothing had been thrown at them that I didn't think I could handle. Then the moment arrived. I stood with cup, mouthpiece, and boxing gloves on, and was ready. My first pad holder was a strapping large fellow, significantly taller and heavier than me. I would come to know him better in the future. His name is Floyd Jackson, and he's a very good martial artist and a great guy. As the first round started, I got right to work, stepping in and throwing kicks in bunches before grabbing Floyd by the neck and firing off some skipping knees. I continued this process, doing my best to avoid his attacks as I did. I had noticed when watching the earlier test takers on the pads that the pad holders picked up the pace of their attacks once the testee had executed his last required strike. My strategy to avoid Floyd's onslaught when I crossed that threshold was to not stop striking. This seemed to work, and it resulted in my kick total being 88 for the first round instead of the required 60. As I've said, I was in pretty good shape, so even with the extra kicks, I didn't feel horribly tired when time was called. Just winded. I went to my corner and sat down. My waiting students toweled me down, gave me water, and voiced encouragements. The next pad holder approached, but Ajahn Chai noticed him and waved him off, saying, No, not you. Rob. This referred to Rob Kelly, who is in my opinion one of the best of Ajahn Chai's students. He was about my height and weight, with salt and pepper hair and beard. It would be an honor to have him hold pads for my test. Rob answered Ajahn Chai's beckoning gesture, 
approached and stood next to him and listened as Ajarn Chai nodded towards me and whispered instructions to him. Rob nodded while looking appraisingly at me. He slipped on the tie pads and awaited the timekeeper's call. Rejuvenated by my short rest, I stood ready as well. The fight music began, indicating the beginning of the round. I tapped gloves with Rob and immediately cracked off a pair of right kicks. Whap! What felt like a bolt of lightning struck the iliotibial band on the outside of my left thigh. Fuck that hurt! Rob had timed his right kick so that it caught me still on one leg after my right kicks. The pain was impressive, distressing, and such a distraction that I only later realized that Rob had also immediately hit me in the face with a couple of sharp head punches after his kick. While I didn't enjoy being punched in the head with a tie pad, two such shots had way less effect on me than the single kick to the leg had. Dancing cautiously away and assessing the condition of my leg, I experienced a paradigm shift. If Rob was going to make me pay, or at least try to make me pay, each time I kicked, it was going to be much tougher to fit in all my kicks in the allotted time. I feinted a right kick to draw his counter kick. He bit on the fake. I evaded his kick but stayed close enough to follow up by stepping in and grabbing his head to gain the clinch position. As I began firing skipping knees, Rob artfully inserted hard body punches between my strikes. I kept my core tight as I fired off as many knees as I could manage before Rob wriggled from my grasp. As soon as he did, I fired a few more kicks and then he countered the last one with another sharp right kick to precisely the same spot on my left leg that he had kicked before. Fuck! That hurt again! This opening sequence set the tone and the pattern for most of the remainder of the round. Sometimes Rob got the better of the exchanges. Sometimes I managed to bite more into my required kick and knee totals than he seemed to want. I began to experience two tracks of thought during this round. One was to maintain my focus and try to pass the test, but the other track increasingly intruded into the front of my mind. What the hell was going on here? None of the others taking the test that day had had to endure anything like this. After Ajarn Chai had expressly vetoed the original pad holder and selected Rob, and then spent considerably longer giving him instructions than had been the case with any of the others taking the test, and then finding myself facing something quite different than what I had trained for, I couldn't help but feel that I had, for reasons I couldn't begin to fathom, been singled out for special treatment. You can also see the dilemma I faced with such an aggressive pad holder. Now, I was accustomed to taking punishment in the context of hard sparring, but an integral part of sparring is the freedom to hit your partner back. Now I was, of course, allowed to kick and knee the pads, but I was not, of course, allowed to hit the pad holder, although I actually did hit the pad holder. You see, at one point, the exchange between Rob and I became so intense that I forgot what was actually happening and momentarily went into sparring mode resulting in me hitting Rob with a straight right hand. Oops.
I immediately realized that I had inadvertently committed a faux pas, and held my palms forward for a moment to Rob and said, Sorry. He didn't react at all. He simply continued his efforts. Anyway, I was not supposed to hit the tie pad holder. If, as seemed to be the case here, the round becomes truly adversarial, this gives the holder a tremendous advantage. Because I have a required minimum number of strikes to execute, I must go to him, which makes things easy if he wants to hit me. As the round proceeded, I took more and more damage. My left thigh became so sore and swollen that at one point, when Rob scored a clean kick to my head, snapping it way back, I remember feeling glad that he hadn't kicked me in the leg again. By this point in my career, I had done thousands of three-minute rounds of training and had, as a result, developed a pretty good internal clock. Well, as this round continued, my internal clock, combined with my sense of how much more punishment I could take, my diminishing cardiovascular capacity, and my current status of required kicks and knees all began to tell me that Rob was not going to let me pass the test. In addition, it seemed that he would also not mind at all if he knocked me out in the process. This realization forced a decision in me. Maybe I wasn't going to pass, but I'd be damned if I was going to finish this round in any other way than on my feet. Now my poor tortured legs were not happy with this decision. They were so swollen with blood from the battering they had taken that the thought of simply lying down was tempting indeed but I was determined. Since my legs were failing, I wasn't sure I could simply evade Rob's attacks for the remainder of the round, so I made another decision. I would obey what I call Hartzell's Law, named for Jeet Kune Do legend Larry Hartzell. Hartzell's Law states, go to the heart of danger, and there you will find safety. I would use the clinch. I dredged one more effective fainted kick from my legs and grabbed Rob's head like a drowning man grabbing a life preserver. I fired off the best knee strikes I could manage to keep him busy, then held on and moved with him before kneeing the pads some more. As this was going on, I heard one of my students shout that I had completed my required number of knee strikes. My students began yelling at me, Kick! Kick! But you see, my problem still remained. At this point, my kick count stood at 42. To pass the test, I needed to execute 18 more kicks. In order to kick, I had to offer my base leg as a target for a counter kick. My legs were only barely able to continue to hold me up. I seriously doubted that either of them would function at all after taking one more kick much less the several I would almost surely need to endure to complete the required number of kicks on the pads. The crowd of spectators numbered well over a hundred people. Many of them began to echo my students, shouting, Kick! Kick! But I doggedly retained my grip on Rob. Until the impossible happened. Rob Kelly, my pad holder and tormentor, then also shouted, Kick! What? I couldn't have been more surprised if a heavy bag had spoken to me. I leaned my head back in incredulity and looked at him. 
Kick, he repeated, looking at me entreatingly. The guy who, seconds before, seemed to be trying to ruin my day, now appeared to be encouraging me to finish the round. I quickly decided to take the chance that Rob was sincere in not setting me up for more punishment, pushed him away to kicking distance, and threw my first kick. It was ugly. Lifting my leg was like hoisting a hundred-pound leather bladder filled with blood. But I managed to throw something like a kick. The kick counter shouted, 43! I threw a double left kick. 44! 45! I actually fell into something of an awkward rhythm and focused on the task at hand. The crowd began chanting along with the kick counter. 53! 54! My teeth gritted, and grunting with the effort, I continued to force my failing legs to kick. 56! 57! And then my round, my test, and my intense focus to finish were all brought to an agonizing end when the timekeeper shouted, Time! Time. Not enough time. I was three kicks short. Even in my diminished state, I could do three more kicks in about a second and a half. So close. But not close enough. I had failed the test. My legs would no longer support me. I collapsed on the spot. What happened next? Well, to hear that, you'll need to listen to the next episode. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about The Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.